Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Ron Crawford, the pastor of the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas, and it is a great privilege for me to be able to greet my congregation and also to extend a, a very endeared, heartfelt welcome to all of our Saints Network family. Of course, I am endearing and heartfelt for my own congregation, too. I didn't want to delineate between the two. You know, I tolerate these people, but I really care about those of you from the network. That's not the case. We're all in this together. And my point is that it's just wonderful to have this time to study the Word of the Lord together. You know, back in the day, Wednesday service was called Prayer and Bible Study. That's what it was called. It was for the Christian to come. It was, it, it, of course, visitors could come in. You, you tried, as it evolved with youth groups and different um, socially aimed functions on Wednesday nights, you know, children's ministry, youth, you used that to draw in the parents. I don't know what happens now. I mean, it's like a machine now. But traditionally, Wednesday night was prayer and Bible study. And um, so I'm, I'm very grateful for the privilege of carrying on that tradition to actually gather together with you to study the Word. There's a difference between telling the old, old story, which is precious, and studying the Word. Uh, I find that too often um, in our pursuit of the aforementioned studying of the Word, most believers settle for the things they already know and maybe it's a comfort, maybe it's a consolation, maybe it's a reminder, which we certainly need that. Why is this day different than all the others? Well, tell us. Um, I, I understand that, but um, if you're not pursuing what the Spirit is revealing from His Word, how, how new measures of understanding and depth and the line upon line of our learning and our understanding in the Lord. You know, you've got line upon line, the Isaiah 28, precept upon precept, which is more relationally learning how to apply things, and here a little, there a little, those things that God brings to your pathway to grow and develop you and to keep you... Um, keep you sharp in your application of things and in maybe even part of that is is conquest in the kingdom in some way but if you just keep looking to the past you'll regress and if you settle on the quote unquote tried and true alone instead of using it as a foundation to go deeper and to go higher um, you won't fulfill what Jesus said the ecclesia, the church, should be. So, we're here today to look at the Scripture. 
I suppose this could be evangelistic, but it's not our aim today. I suppose anybody hearing the word of God, and that's what we're going to go through, can be convicted. We're even going to talk about the sacrifice of Jesus. I know that that is, that is the, the most glorious thing that mankind could ever discuss, that anywhere in the universe, in the ages to come, the most glorious thing ever, let that be established. But my aim today is to sit down with you to look at the scriptures and to see what further God is saying in these tried and true scriptures that we may not have understood to this point. That's the way you grow. That's the way you develop. I suppose that our society, uh, at least in the West, is more vanilla now. And we just want our entitlements. I'm just speaking in general uh, upon society. Society wants its entitlements. Society wants uh, things handed to them. Society uh, wants to do whatever they want to do. <clears throat> Society is a momentum-driven thing. I guess that's always been that way. You know, what, what is everybody else doing? What's the fashion of the day? And there's very little desire in most people to invest themselves in anything meaningful, in the preponderance of people. Now, rest assured that our enemies are very diligent. I mean, those who are intent on conquering the world, and there are nations like that, one in particular, they're not playing around. And I am concerned for the United States and for the West because I think that we, we have in so many ways squandered the post-World War II opportunity we had to put God forward and to put democracy forward and to represent it well. We have failed in that regard. I'm not saying we didn't try in many circles and give good platitude-filled speeches, but look now, look at the world. Do many nations trust us anymore? Not many. Who do they rely on? Well, we just heard uh, the president of one of our staunchest allies say that we can't be following the rhythms of America anymore. We should focus on our own land and, and not be led into foreign uh, dalliances. Well, that's democracy. And I'm glad we didn't feel that during the last two world wars. Um, but be that as it may, a lot of that, um, that viewpoint is based on the fact that America is turning away from God, is following the demonic, is establishing the religion of self in a more uh, revolting way than people have ever done. And I don't, I don't know, I wasn't around Sodom and Gomorrah. You could dig up the ashes and see, maybe, archaeologically. But I would suspect that we're almost there. And um, so the, the answer is God. The answer is the people of God 
turning to him? The answer is the people of God praying. The answer is the people of God partnering with him. And what he says in many places about the tree of life and the leaves that are for the healing of the nations, if you really understand what those mean or you're just relegating them to the sweet by and by, I do not understand that. That's an old phrase. It's from a song. In the sweet by and by. Talks about streets of gold and we're just going to go into heaven one day and and it could be any moment and God's going to wipe away all tears. We're going to sit down with Uncle Earl and he's going to tell us all about it. Haven't seen him in a long time. And a point being told, when Uncle Earl was here, we... We kind of shrugged at some of the things he said, but we want to spend eternity hearing from him. Um, we have really not probed the, the depth of understanding for the inheritance of the saints in the church. I think part of that is because we like to be socially acceptable, and God is not that. We like to um, not be challenged and when you get to the point where you have your structure and God, you better not mess with it, that's kind of a descriptive of you, and God doesn't like that either. Um, maybe we're afraid of what's out there, and we see the enemy doing things, and we hear people doing new agey things. I don't know if that's even a term now. So we don't want to get too far out there, so we relegate the things that the Word of God says that might hint at how those things are supposed to be done. We just stay away from them. Like you, you see some error, and so you say, well, we're just not going to do that thing. You know, lots of people, when vehicles, cars, gas-powered vehicles came in, they, people didn't want to ride in them because they heard about accidents. People don't want to fly in airplanes because they hear about an accident. And, you know, I remember when cell phones first came, there were a lot of people who said, oh, don't get those, you know, your, your privacy will be gone. And now they have two or three of those phones. The, you know, the point, though, is, is that if it's in the Word, I want it, and I want to understand it. So we as pneumaticos people, and that's a biblical term, need to be in prayer. We need to be letting the Spirit guide us into truth, those things that have been hidden by God that are now being revealed, and that's a progressive reality. Grace and truth came through Christ, and it's operative. So today we're going to look at some things from the Word. You wondered if we'd ever get there. That may be our um, not things you've thought about. Good. Let the spirit of truth come and in the old days, put your thinking caps on and let, uh, let the spirit show you things from the living word that you should know, that you need to know, first of all, because it's the eternal word of God, Secondly, you'll understand things about Christ's sacrifice that maybe you didn't know. Thirdly, you need this now because the Spirit is preparing you for what's coming. So, let's begin by looking 
uh, at Proverbs 20. We're going to look at verses 27 and 30. Now, we could look at the progression in which this is included in, but that's not our theme for the day. And then we'll connect with Isaiah 53. We'll also reference Peter's quote of this. So we're eventually going to the sacrifice of Christ. What a noble thing to talk about here. Uh, just a few days past uh, the sacrifice of um, on the cross, a celebration of that and the resurrection. Uh, what a good thing to, to, to look at. So just know we're going to get all this done, so stick with me here, okay? Father, I ask that you would let us have an anointing upon our mind, our spirit, and in our body even, that we would be quick to follow the leading of the Spirit in the Word of God. And I come against the enemy who would try to sow confusion or misunderstanding. I speak that, um, that he will not be able to steal the Word but that you will guide us into the truths you've ordained for us to see. So we thank you for it, Father, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said, Proverbs chapter 20. We can just read 27 through 30, okay? Even though I said that this is a progression, there's, there's a progression that starts before this, but again... That's a good study. It, it speaks of the seven spirits of God, but we're going to focus on just a, a key fabric of understanding here. Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and his throne is upholden by mercy. The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is the gray head. You know, I had to throw that one in there. I mean, that increasingly has uh, great merit to me. The blueness of a wound cleanses away evil. So do stripes the inward parts of the belly. So you see verse 27 and verse 30 both talking about the inward parts of the belly. Now, and verse 27 speaks about the spirit of man, the candle of the Lord that searches that place. Well, what does that mean? First of all, we've been talking about the spirit of man, so we're not going to revisit a lot of those things today. You should already have that as a foundational understanding. The, the belly here, the inward parts of the belly. Belly is... Um, a word that can mean an empty space. It, it is used to describe the womb. It is also used to describe the, the upper uh, decorative uh, extension of the pillars of the temple. And of course, we know those pillars are hollow. In the New Testament, they are stelos, which would suggest... A few things. Um, the, the stelos would draw from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven. 
uh, would also indicate uh, the uh, jealousy of the Lord because that hollow reed-like function is the kana. And so basically we're talking about representing heaven here on earth. That sounds like a good thing. Seems that Jesus told us to pray that way. Seems to me that um, Jacob at Bethel experienced that. Um, seems to me that we were told that we would be pillars in the temple of our God. For all of you purists, those are in the mouth of three witnesses. There are more. But at the top of that pillar is this empty place, which would suggest to me that somehow that top of the pillar is an invitation for us to partner with God to see what he intends for the earth to be birthed into the earth, as well as to present to him the fruits of that. You can think about that in the recent teaching that we received about the healing of the nations, the leaves of the tree, and how that uh, that speaks about uh, drawing from the histeme resource of water and uh, doing the things that leaves do or, or that they should do. But the point, though, is, is that the inward parts of the belly, the belly here is the, is the operative concept. Inward parts are just all of the capacities within us that God gave us, uh, the spirit within, um, the, 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 the dossier from the Lord as to what he wants to accomplish through us while we have life on this earth. All of these things we've taught on in the past few years, so I'm just mentioning them. But the spirit of man is this candle of the Lord. He's the candle of Yahweh, the candle of what God wants to accomplish according to his will through us and with us. And so that then you come down to verse 30 and you have these two things described, the blueness of a wound that cleanses raw and stripes the inward parts of the belly. Now stick with me here. This term, translated as stripes, is not the same word as um, Isaiah 53. However, blueness is the stripes of Isaiah 53. Now, isn't that something? What does that mean? Okay, let's talk about the stripes, the inward parts of the belly. Stripes there are, um, it's, if, you look at, if you look at it, it's, it's hits. It regularly was plagues. Um, it, uh, in the Old Testament. And it really shows how when we face conflict or sometimes when challenges come, chastenings as it were, that has an effect to, to perfect, to aid in the perfection of what God wants to do in our spirit. Um, maybe it 
wakes us up. Maybe it causes the body and the mind to submit to God. Maybe it's like a um, a circumcision of the things that don't belong so that the most precious from God can be seen. So this measure of stripes is... Um, is interesting because it really does talk about how circumstances can um, be viewed in a proactive, positive way that helps the spirit within and that intent from God to um, to create something new in partnership with us, to convey his will on the earth, um, that, can, that can have that effect, the, these types of stripes. And it, it also extrapolates out to where fasting, where we purposefully cause our body, our mind to yield itself to God for a, an obedient measure of um, submission in some way as God would direct that would then produce a measure of meekness within us to where our strengths uh, in the natural and in the mind yield themselves to the Spirit so that the true strength can be known but, um, you know, in, in the principle of the overcomer, everybody likes to hear about being an overcomer. They just don't want to have anything to overcome. And um, they act as if there's something that stands in their way, like it's God failing them or, you know, why, oh, why, God? Instead of looking at the the proactive measure of God's spirit, partnering with the spirit within to, um, to bring about a, a doing away of Ra and a welcoming of the Tobe. So, like I said, stripes in verse 30 of Proverbs 20, stripes is a word that is regularly translated as the plagues of Egypt or hits or some abrasive type of unpleasant thing. We don't go about looking for that. Believe me, you know, <laughs> you, you don't have to look for it. And you want, you want to discern between what God has allowed for us to overcome and where the enemy tries to come in and do nothing. You know, what do something that is not <clears throat> is not mandated by God who's directing our path, which is why the Apostle Paul, when a messenger of Satan buffeted him regarding the revelation and visions that he was receiving, and he went to the Lord three times that this would be removed, and he um, he was told, "My grace is sufficient." Uh, you want to make sure that the enemy's not trying to get one over on you. You want to make sure that it is 
something of grace that God has ordained for an overcoming. And this same thought could happen uh, in, our, in our assessments of Gethsemane when the Lord was on his face before the Father. He was crying out, Abba. He wanted God's perfect will. He, he was saying, if it be your will, let this particular cup pass. He wanted to make sure that it was the timing the exact timing of the Father. It was never an attempt by the Lord to uh, get out of the very thing that he came to do. So um, you, you want to make sure, you know, how do I make sure, Pastor? Well, the first thing is you, you may want to, you may want to pray. You may want to wait on the Lord and assess things. Don't just go, running around the yard of your house screaming, God, why? Or get on the blower and have 50 different prayer warriors on your chain to get rid of this thing. I mean, it might be a good idea to say, okay, what is this? How is it affecting me? Am I having fear? Well, that's the first thing I need to bind and rebuke. Cast out fear because I'm partnering with God's perfect agape. I am, I am a servant of him, I'm a person of purpose, and I don't need to be fearful no matter how trepidatious this scenario might be, no matter how pleasant, unpleasant it might be. The second thing is, after you've reflected on how you're reacting, is to go into a measure of peace. Maybe you need to fast a little bit so that you can get down to the core so your mind and your body will be quiet. And hopefully you're not getting opinions from 20 different people because uh, well, my experience is that in a scenario like that, you need to hear from God and not necessarily for, from others. So be quiet, but be still and know what God is saying. And then listen to what he says. The easy thing would be to bind and rebuke and to cast out. Maybe the Apostle Paul, underscore maybe, the thrice, the three times he went to God and asked that it be removed. Maybe that's part of it. Sometimes it's not as easy as white and black. See, we want to make it, we want to make it right or left. And Sometimes you're just yielding to the Lord, and that's the only course of option. Three times he went, and finally he heard, my grace is going to propel you into a new place. You're going to overcome with a victory. But you got to stay the course with this thing, and you want to make sure, to the best of your ability, you may not understand everything. There are some things that we've gone through here and that I've gone through, I still don't understand. I see the end result, but I, I'm not counseling God. We want to, don't we? Whether you admit it or not, you plead your case. But the main thing is that you submit and 
be willing to trust that God is in control and that he has your best intent. He knows the plans he has for you. Plans to do you good and not wrong, evil. Plans to give you hope and a future. Know that. Keep your eyes on that and trust him. So, um, this, this measure of uh, stripes, this, this particular version of it, hits and different things that, you know, the plagues, the people of God had to deal with them being around them, even though they were saved from them. You better get ready for this in our country. I'm not a doom and gloomer, but as I see what's going on, um, I can't feel that God is going to let this continue without some measure of judgment. You know, what we need to believe is that during the time that that may be hitting the nation, that God's promises are going to reveal the deeper things of our spirit and partnering with his spirit and that the light of the Lord will shine and will be preserved just as the people of God did uh, when they were in Egypt. So that wasn't really the message for the day. I was just going to clarify, but obviously the Spirit wanted us to say some things. Um, some of you have been suffering for a while. Now, I'm not saying all of you, but some of you have been suffering for a while. And I just want to ask you a question. Are you seeking God in the way you should? Is he trying to speak to you in the midst of that? And you have become maybe embittered toward God that you're facing these things or you don't understand or you're just filling the, the challenging moments with panaceas and entertainment. Get, get right with God. Get back to what the spirit of God within you and the spirit of life from God within you have created you to be. And then see what happens. Amen. The blueness of a wound. Now, of a wound. Wound here is a word that means to... It, it's a derivative type of a word that means to crush, to pulverize. But blueness, let's talk about this. Now, we've all had wounds. You know, you can see, I don't want them, but we've all had them. Something has hit you, or maybe you don't even know what happened. And you start getting a dark blue. And then over the time, sometimes it turns a yellowish or green or reddish. And it just looks gross. But you know that the body is healing itself. Something within you has been pulverized. And that's the word for this wound. And then the body comes together to heal. Comes together to repair. Comes together to cleanse. 
comes together to bring measures of protection within. And that's what blueness means. Now, one of the unique things about this word, and again, remember, we're going to go to Isaiah 53, and we're going to see how this word, translated as stripes there, has a unique uh, measure of understanding for us that maybe we've not had. But stick with me here for a minute. This word, blueness, also uh, describes Hebron. Ooh, what does that mean? Well, Hebron was the place that Caleb said, give me this mountain. It was the place where giants or the uh, post um, the post Noah giants, and there were those. If, if you don't think they were, then throw David's account of fighting against Goliath out the window. There were people of great stature. In fact, 40 years prior than Caleb said, give me this mountain, those negative spies said, we're as grasshoppers in their sight. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, but Hebron was the place where kings were initially anointed. And it was also a place that described witchcraft and curses. Same word. Why is this? It's really the battleground of things coming together, Tobe and Ra. And um, Jesus, when it speaks of Jesus in Isaiah 53, it says, by this we are healed, Rapa. And remember when we studied about the, the further discussion of what Rofe or Rapa means, Many of them back in those days, linguists in those days, felt that this was the connecting point between earth and the spirit realm. So at odds here and at issue here is whether you're going to move in the anointing or whether you're going to move in the demonic, whether you're going to move in Tob or whether you're going to move in Ra, whether you're going to live just on this earth or whether you're going to cross over and partner with God in the heavens. Um, the coming together. Now, how would this be witchcraft? Well, misery loves company. How many times did we see, and I'm just going to touch this and move on, people who got, became disenfranchised with what God was calling the saints to do? They split away, usually with some kind of offense that they then created, and they misery loved company, and they brought people together. And there are still there's still a group, I won't say what their name is, that meets every year and laments these horrible things that we as saints have done in this church, cutting them off from fellowship or whatever their angst was. And it's strife. It welcomes every evil work. And also, 
The essence of cursings or witchcraft is to try to surround people with things that will keep them from God, perhaps even the idea of tying them down or holding them down, covering them over. All of these things are the battleground of Tob and Ra, Tob and Ra, God's good purpose and evil in the Old Testament, the tree of the knowledge of Tob and Ra. But here it says that the um, the blueness of a womb cleanses away Ra. <clears throat> so it's, it's a very interesting thing. So um, why why was it translated in this way? Well, I assure you that in the original language, it's, it's translated perfectly. It's conveyed perfectly. But those men uh, during uh, the 1500s and the early 1600s that were scholars from Cambridge and Oxford and even over on the continent of Europe with the English Bible and the, the other works that were done there that predated the KJV, um, they were separate from one another. They had different assignments. They didn't have computers. They couldn't jet back and forth. It took them a long time to even get, in those days, from Oxford to Cambridge. They were all working. Now, I don't know what their process of review was, but one guy translated Proverbs 20, another guy translated what Peter said when he quoted this passage. Another guy, well, no, translated uh, Isaiah 53, and then another guy translated what Peter said about Isaiah 53. So don't get lost in the weeds here. Don't think the word of God is untrue. Um, but the blueness of a of a crushing cleanses away raw and so do stripes cleanse raw in the inward parts of the belly the candle of the lord searches all the inward parts of the belly the agenda on this whole thing is for us to partner with god by the spirit within that for us is born again through Christ and to let that dimension of God within us search for grace and truth to partner with the spirit of God in heaven and to accomplish his will on the earth. But a large part of that for us is to stand for light in the darkness to stand for truth in the midst of deception, to stand for purpose in the midst of the twisting of raw. And that all happens in this central place where the spirit within operates. So, as I suggested, let's turn to Isaiah 53. And this is really a wonderful 
I, I'm just so grateful for, for this. Um, I always have been. What we're going to talk about does not discredit what we've known in quoting and singing this song about Isaiah 53. Um, he was wounded, verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, there's our word translated as blueness, we are healed. Rapa. What does this mean? Let's talk first about wounded. This is our old friend Halal. Halal. H-A-L-A-L. I might surprise some of you. Because isn't that a praise word? Don't you get tahila? Don't you get that from this word? Yes, you do. Well, what, what is the essence of it? Why would Satan be known as Lucifer or Hillel? Because... The breaking through of light into darkness is the essence of this word. Think about that. If you follow the ways of God and the fullness of those seven dimensions of color, the rainbow in the sky, create white light. And when it's complete, boom, the white light breaks through. It shoots through. Um, so, Jesus was wounded. He was, this very factor came against him. Um, he, he was wounded for the places where, where we burst through or where the curse burst through upon us or burst through upon the earth or uh, how when, whenever Adam partnered with the, the serpent and the demonic or how many times the people of God up to this point did the same thing. By Isaiah's day, the people of God had welcomed all manner of demonic worship into the temple. You do realize that, don't you? Um, so when Jesus came, he had to offer himself as the light, as the true breakthrough of the ways of God. That is the essence. It's the objective of what we're to be through eternity, who God is. He is light. God is light. And the battle between light and darkness is has has been around for a while, but it's really stoking up now. So it's imperative that we remember that this wounding is a gathering of things. So that light can come. It's it's really it's really the ways of God against the twistings of God. It, it really does speak about the rebellion of the enemy because 
he is, according to um, the description of him as Lucifer, he was the one who embraced the halal for God, created to do that, and uh, to produce the the finality of light that would give glory to God. And now he he twists that and it's 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 a terrible thing so this this really does speak about how mankind got into this position to begin with um he was wounded on behalf of every measure that mankind partnered with or was put upon with transgression and uh, an illegal measure of breakthrough an illegal uh, un, unauthorized measure of demonic activity. So he was wounded for that. Halal. Halal. But then we see bruised for our iniquities. Bruised there is contrite. Contrite. And that's something. For what? Our iniquities. The ways that we have resisted following God's purpose. And again, the way you become endeared to God is becoming contrite to this man while I look. Contrite spirit. Um, contrite how... We become that and are caught up into the secret place of thunder. Uh, we are bruised in the face of the ways that our natural life, our carnal world, would resist. I know this is a lot to dump on you, but <clears throat> wounded, halal, <clears throat> bruised, contract. You think on these. You've had lots of teaching about halal and about contrite. In fact, remember what we talked about Alleluia <clears throat> when the triumphant declaration in the book of Revelation when the kingdoms now be, belong to God and they're all saying Hallelujah, which is basically the, the Hallel has been restored solely to Yahweh. And he was wounded so that we could partner with his breakthrough. He was bruised, contrite, so that we would lay our iniquities down and become submissive to God, to be caught up and to move in his wind. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. This is discipline. Uh, so that we can carry things through to victory. Remember the chastening of the Lord, which sons must endure. Uh, Jesus suffered. He was made perfect through obedience and the things that he suffered 
you know, it doesn't mean you have to be um, disobedient. You know, I, 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 we have a little one in the house now regularly. And he's not disobedient. But he does have his own way. And at times, he's, he's wanting to do something that you don't want him to do. Maybe for his own safety or that he just doesn't need to be doing it. And you tell him no, and his face registers. Like, I don't understand that. And, um, and gradually he turns away from the things that you don't want him to do. You didn't have to discipline him, but he had to submit himself. So, um, the chastisement of our peace doesn't necessarily mean that God's giving you a whooping all the time. It's, it's really up to you. And hopefully if you are following after God's ways and you're contrite, the chastisement of our peace so that we can carry through assignments with God should be you falling on the stone instead of having to have the stone fall on you. But now we come to this wonderful thing. With his stripes, we enter into this dimension of restoration to be partners with welcoming God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And stripes here is blueness, which is also the, uh, the, the, the understanding of Hebron, the contradiction of light versus darkness, God's ways versus the demonic ways, submission to God as opposed to bitterness. That's the stripes. And it, and it speaks about that coming together of those things and fighting as to whether the body will heal and be stronger or whether the body will yield and die. Whether we, at that point, that Hebron point, which Caleb had another spirit and God looked at it, and, you know, his daughter came and gave, he gave the, the upper and the nether springs I mean, this is where we need to be because that's that understanding of the blueness of the wound. Yeah, it's going to be battle. I'm not removing the wound part by his stripes. I'm not removing that. We've also talked in the past about how that indicates our kami, our placement, us even laying on our face, depicting that this is where God is calling us to be. And we ourselves become a, a measure for the healing factor of God. This is really powerful. By stripes, by the blueness, there is healing. But that's a warfare thing. So look at these four things. You want light. You want God's ways. A halal. You choose to be contrite. You choose to 
commit yourself to what the task is in peace. And you, you don't want to have to go to the woodshed. You want to learn and adjust your behaviors and learn how you should and shouldn't act. And then get ready for where God has placed you to engage in wrestling against principalities and powers um, and seeing God overcome on behalf of the kingdom through you. That's the stripes or blueness. Now in First Peter, this word stripes is spoken of as Molops, M-O-L-O-P-S. Those of you who are the Bible program, you can look it up and you can see it. Um, even if you don't, you can just trust me. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. Well, <laughs> just trust me. I'm not lying to you. Um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing, but it means a welt. Um, it, it is just described in the ancient world of the swelling that comes around a sting of a insect, which I don't like, um, who does, but here those stripes create EOMI or the function of grace applied so that things are what they're supposed to be. The, you know, those two words, therapeo and EMI, for mostly healing in the New Testament, um, the, the EMI is a, a remedy so that things through whatever way the body needs to be functioning just become to function. Therapeia means you've got to use it. You've got to develop it. You've got to become strengthened. And you, you have a measure of healing through demonstration and through right activity, but this is right um, function within. And so it's, it's interesting that in, in Isaiah 53, stripes bring the rapa, which is the restoration of what God wants in heaven to earth, or wholeness, or what we need to be uh, on earth for God, representing the kingdom. First Peter speaks about this is the way you should, you should function. This is what God intended. You know, if you, you have a grace, EMI, that would be somebody like saying, you know what, you, you're not feeling well because you're not drinking enough water. Or you're not drinking, you're not feeling well because you, you need some more iron in your diet. And you do that. I know there's a lot of people that always give people suggestions. You know, you don't try this, you should try this. Oh my goodness. But when you get the right advice and you do that and then you're restored. So this is bringing things back into a point of proper function. So... What does this have to do with where we are right now? Um, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah speaks, Proverbs speaks. You, you see the connection between the spirit within and how 
we need to view things that happen around us through the proper perspective, but we need to recognize that the spirit within is going to have to yield itself to God, and that's it's not by might or by power, but by the spirit. Um, this is this is where the battle really rages, and God is with you there. But the bluing will either yield tobe or raw. It will either yield promotion or failure, bitterness or purpose, divine purpose. And that's the indicative of, of the wound. Now, some of you think, oh, okay, let's talk about the colors. You know, there's blue there. Well, blue, that, that means the glory of God and, and the saints. Green, well, that's prophecy, supply, healing. Yellow, well, that's wisdom and revelation. Red, woo, that's, that's how things should be. God's, God's law being shown. Purple, woo, that's sonship. Oh, yeah, you can go down there. But it's better to me to recognize that you're going to face this type of thing as you welcome the light of God to shine. It's a point of promotion and it's overcoming evil for the purpose of good. So, I don't know what you may be facing right now. I do know what we as saints are all facing. God's spending a lot of time talking about the spirit within. And there are a lot of verses. A lot of verses and deep spiritual understandings that speak about that. God's talked a lot about being contrite. God's talked a lot about light versus darkness, the healing of the nations. And here we see on the week following Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, we see that Jesus' sacrifice involved the measure of halal, the measure of contrition, the measure of submission, and the measure of being willing to stand and fight for the things of God. That's really wonderful. So no matter what you're facing in the natural, this is the essence of who you really are in the Lord. And if you seek God and seek his kingdom first, he will show himself strong on your behalf. Now, let's put a couple of caveats to that. Some of you have become disenchanted. You viewed things in the wrong way, and you've dug yourself a hole. You just need to climb out of it and start being we're not going to break something off of you or bind or rebuke or cast anything out. You just need to be. And you know how to be. Pray. 
Submit yourself to God. See what God will do. Some of you are dealing with scenarios because of maybe your kids or your grandkids or some other person are doing things that, that are harm, hurtful. Once a person becomes an adult, the best you can do is pray for them. And, but don't let their malfeasance keep you away from God. What about the world that's around us? Wickedness, evil, darkness, gross darkness. It's not like God didn't say, well, you know, if you're going to have a bruising, that means that Ra's going to show up. Because it shows up don't, doesn't mean that God has failed you or, oh, woe is me, where is God? Overcome evil with good. So, I guess the point is, see that God is speaking in a lot of ways through his word, saying the same things to you. Recognize that. And do. And be. And resist Bitterness, resist strife, commit your way unto the Lord, he will direct you, but be willing to go forward. Sometimes you want, some of you want direction, do you, do you realize that maybe some of the improper ways that you functioned in the past, God is wanting to correct them so that you can walk in a new way, in a new place. And if you keep thinking, well, it has to be this way because this is the way I've always done it, how is that any different from the religious world that said we shouldn't lay on our face and pray in diversities of tongues? We've never done it that way before. So we release the power of what these scriptures say into every saint. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to study the word together. And we ask you, Father, that you will bless your people and that we as saints will walk with you and be everything you need us to be. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Well, we studied some good things today, didn't we? I stepped on some toes, maybe meddled a little bit. But I don't know what to say. It's the truth anyway. <laughs> And I want to say one other thing. God's been speaking to me about these things too. So um, I'm trying to yield myself to what he's saying, just as you should. Thanks for joining today. God bless you on this Wednesday or whenever it is that you're hearing this broadcast. 
And we look forward to being with you again this weekend. Until then, keep seeking and serving our Father. Goodbye.